Let's go. Second week of January. I thought he was going to say no, second. I wasn't going to say it. I'm not. I'm going to get out of that. Today, we're doing a CES preview. $14 billion Honda plant. And millennials becoming their parents. It always happens. <laughs> it always happens. I feel so defeated about that line. It, you've, you've known this for a while, though. Because I think there's probably a contingent of millennials that trails your... You know your acceptance curve into adulthood. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, look when you have when you have kids, when you have like career. I mean, career. Every, they have career, but when you have like, kids, got married out of college, family, career pretty quickly. Kids family start growing next, up, you know, like, right? Yeah. It, it just yeah. comes faster, and it happens every time to every generation, every and they all time. start out saying. So after you see a couple cycles, it's like, oh yeah, it's coming. Oh yeah, here it comes again. The nice part there. about it is now is that we have all of the statements recorded and documented on social media of like, oh, they're so dumb yes. because of this, they're this, dumb. this, and this. They did this. I, I said never, all those things yeah. as a Gen I would never, you know. I said those all those things. They just don't exist anymore <laughs> because there was the social media. But it's over now. Gen Z is toast. <laughs> I know. They are toast. They're never going to be able to say a thing. Toast, toast, toast. Hey, there's so much good thing, uh, so many good things going on uh, in this season of the industry. Uh, first quarter, right? NADA is coming up. We're heading out to the Washington area public policy show um, in just under two weeks here. We're going to actually spend some time with some members of uh, members of the government and some OEMs, and there's going to be some product releases. We're really excited to bring that coverage to you uh, live from Washington, D.C. Um, and obviously, and NADA is is coming up. The energy is just, now it's the full ramp up, right? Less than 30 days. Um, right. We're go. just going, good morning, everybody on the live stream. Tony Lucas, good morning. Um, I know we have Instagram hey, have rocking we as well. the people that we're going to be hanging out at uh, at one of the workshops on Friday? Have we, I don't even know oh, where that, it is. Well, it's called like, a, the, the NADA Twilight Exchange, as they call it. Yep. No, yeah. I don't think we have. I mean, we've really been, I think this is the week we start talking about all the things that are going to be happening at NADA. But the tw tell the people about the Twilight Exchange. We're doing a Twilight Exchange. It's dealers only. I think it's like 20 or 30 dealers in a room working on real things that are happening right now. Mm -hmm. Yours truly's are going to be hanging out, moderating that thing. and Customer uh, experience we're talking about. Here's we're talking about customer experience and the one, the most fun part of it, because it's the twilight exchange and it's not like the daytime workshops is there's an open bar in the so room, dicey <laughs> in the room. And it's a cool format. So NADA reached out, usually dealers moderate this, but they asked to see if we would moderate it. Um, basically people get to submit topics that they want to talk about. And you and I are going to in real time go through these questions. So hopefully we can uh, get them answered, right? Cause dealers want to hear from one another. So our job is to extract all possible knowledge from the dealers oh, in the room to share with one another. Uh, we're excited about that. We also found out it's not like full time isn't locked and loaded, but you have done it community more than cars. Uh, the show that highlights dealers and the great stories coming out of dealerships from across the country is actually going to be featured at the NADA live stage. Oh. So um, stay tuned because we're gonna let you know what the time slot is and the day and the time slot. And we hope that our community can show up to that live stage in force. Um, it's just a super cool stage that NADA has always done. They broadcast it out. It's something that a lot of people who can't go to the show watch and participate in, it's right by registration. So uh, there'll be more information about that soon. So there you go. We No grass growing under our feet in 2024. <laughs> there you go. It's getting, we're getting after it. All right, let's speak. Of, Speaking of getting after it, stop. Right. Right. Segway. Time. This this has to be a good segue week. 
So as the the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, readies to open their doors tomorrow in Las Vegas, there are several things the auto industry are keeping their eyes on. Uh, First, there's a glaring difference between uh, auto industry participation this year and what it has been last year. Um, Of the big three have opted out. A lot of the other OEMs now, last year was all about electrification and charging and all the hype. Um, A lot of people backed out. Hyundai, however, is leaning in, uh, specifically talking about their Vertiport and their uh, eVTOL vehicle. Um, So they're kind of like going way over the horizon, which is cool. Honda is going to be showing their latest concept uh, in their collab with Sony called Afila. And VinFast, who we've been talking about all week last week because of their um, launching into their dealer network, they're going to be revealing two vehicles, uh, which may be coming to the U.S. One is a $20,000. I did say that. $20,000 $20,000 VF3 micro car, as well as a pickup truck that they've alluded to as a concept they're saying is going to make it pr- to production. Um, also at the show, auto suppliers are in full force, right? A lot of consumer adoption of tech into the industry. So ramping up there, a lot of focus on like AI integration with cameras and sensors for safety. And by the way, I had to put this in. If you're going to CES, you can actually pick up your badge at the airport. That is just like, Duh. I would, that is unbelievable. <laughs> I'd be all over so that. Well, look, 100,000 people invade, like they don't, they don't need lines at the convention center. You know what I mean? Like why don't you just handle every, everybody. What's one the NADA show the count? 30, 40,000? Yeah, like 25, 30,000. Gosh, yeah. this is like two, three times the size. It's a massive. Yeah. We, okay. New I said Year's a lot in that. Okay. Is next year we're going. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, that's a great, we should just plant it. Every year, every year we're sad at this time. But yeah. look, I mean, look at VinFast coming out swinging, right? Announcing well, the dealer network. And obviously they made the CES decision prior to that. Exactly. But like, bam, bam, bam. Like they're coming into it hot. And look, when you bring a pickup into the U.S., like that's, that'll get everybody excited. And a $20,000 car. Now it's a little tiny thing. I don't know if you've seen the VF3, um, but they're expanding their, their It's way cooler looking than the line. Swatch car though. Let's be it is. honest. <laughs> it's without a doubt. Um, yeah, I'm I'm paying attention to VinFast because they're bringing new models. They're lean, leveraging the dealer network. Um, it's going to. And I they're, they're building they're the hype. Have. They're playing the brand train right now. Obviously, a lot of questions about quality and range and all those things. But I think we're going to get to find out like the chicken or the egg conversation. Right. What do you need to do first? Is it get a car that's okay enough to get to market, build the right distribution and the right brand and then give you time to work on the product or release a great product first and uh, maybe not make it to market? So it's well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out Um, a lot of conversation about EVs uh, for both positive and negative. But without a doubt, they're definitely moving forward. Speaking of EVs moving forward. Segway. I thought I read this number wrong at first. It's a uh, lot. It, it's, I feel like it's the most I've heard. Starting off with a relatively measured approach um, in the EV race, Honda is coming to life as they're considering a massive $14 billion investment. Hit it. $14 billion investment in an EV and battery plant in Canada. I read it twice. I had a fact check. In Canada, of all places. Is that $14 billion Canadian? I'm just kidding. Ontario. Yeah, so it's like $1 billion. Is US, it really, though? You know. Yeah. 
No, he didn't. <laughs> Alliston, uh, this is going to be near uh, its Alliston, Ontario factory, where they're already making cars, aiming to bolster uh, their North American presence. Uh, the proposed plant, expected to start production in 2028, would be Honda's second EV facility in North America. Now, Canada, this isn't the first EV plant. Um, they've been offering a lot of incentives, tax breaks, renewable resource um, proximity, and all of this. Recently, Volkswagen and its battery company, PowerCo, uh, are working on building a gigafactory in uh, very close to it, actually, and by 2027. So, you know, Honda is converting its U.S. plants right. to uh, produce batteries for its e-architecture platform. But without a doubt, $14 billion like investment, they've, they've been kind of sleeping on EVs, not really. Well, Behind I don't know the if scenes, they've been they just haven't been very vocal. Been measured, it, it, like working you know, in the background, like we're not ready to talk yet. And you know, it's, it seems like there's a few manufacturers that are kind of following the same kind of thing. I don't know if you've seen their residual values and their impact and their, <laughs> and, and the comp and the type of customer loyalty that they have. I'm just throwing it out there, uh, but it seems like they're doing that. But $14 billion investing in Canada, which is really interesting, uh, not coming to the U.S., but it is North America. So um, credits apply, know, right? The credits apply, exactly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you get to save the money on the, the Canadian exchange rate. So why I, not do it? I, it's $14 billion. I, Has any other plant been ne anywhere near that? No, I think, what is the- Like the $6 Ford, billion, $7 yeah, billion? The, the Ford- the Ford plant in kentucky is like what five or six billion something like that 14 billion i just like i had to check that three times i'm like is it really four is it four billion 14 billion i don't know maybe maybe we're yeah, wrong 5.8 billion is is their blue oval city so i mean i guess if you kentucky, think of, I which mean, everything's cheaper in kentucky because you know it's just north of it's <laughs> kentucky is just north of tennessee and south of ohio and that's everything's just, cheaper yeah. in kentucky there you go <laughs> <laughs> speaking of things being cheaper the further out you go oh yes that segue makes me so happy because according to new data uh which you know if you're in the world of being a millennial. It's maybe not new. Uh, once the driving force behind urban revitalization, the millennials are being priced out of cities and relocating to the burbs, mm -hmm. reshaping both urban and suburban landscapes in a search for affordable living. So uh, they're moving to suburbs due to high costs in urban areas, despite preference for city amenities like coffee shops and yoga studios and wine bars and cat, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> cat tea <bar>. lounges <laughs> or whatever. Um, a, a firm in New York City called Suburban Jungle Group said that residents who move to the suburbs report surges in calls. Uh, they've got a sub surge in calls from millennials and they are getting alarmed by soaring rents where rent renewals are up like 30%. That's My crazy. favorite part about the article is that it leads uh, with a journalist or a writer from Nashville saying like, yo, we just figured we just start driving until we figured out we could afford it. And I'll tell you what, in Nashville alone, I'm glad that they started with the Nashville story. You see all these people moving out of the city and they're not like going to the next closest suburb. No, it's like, 30 to 40 miles outside of the city. Hashtag Spring Hill, right? <laughs> yeah. They're going to Spring Hill South. They're going to Lebanon East. They're going to Dixon West. Like mm -hmm. it is way out of the city. Um, as typical, it seems like cities are getting younger faster where Gen Z is replacing millennials in those cities um, due to rising house costs. Though the study cited that one third of Gen Zers are still at home with parents. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, yeah the cities are getting younger, but uh, a lot of Gen Zers still are not kind of like launching. One shopper put it in the article, drive until you qualify. Just keep going. Keep it. Nope. Can't afford that one. Can't afford that one. I think this, there's, there's obviously this big COVID thing that happened, right? right? It pushed people out of cities. They went far. Remote work happened. Now people are starting to call back to office, right? So now um, we've, we've covered articles in the past about people doing like a super commute, like twice a week, right? It might be like two and a half hours, but they only have to do it two times a week. So it balances out. The reality is that as the families are growing and as all the things that happen, when you start having children and progressing in your career, you start to want a little bit more space. The the yep. the two bedroom apartment doesn't quite work anymore for sanity reasons. Um, for you for kidding me? There's reasons. no two bedroom apartments in downtown Nashville. They don't exist anymore. Oh they just like gosh. made them all one bedroom. Yeah, it's wild. exactly. Well, that's that's case in point. But what how this all ties to the ground for what we pay attention to in the auto industry every day? More people in the suburbs. More people have to drive places. More people need cars. And a lot of these might yes. be first time car buyers or people who have ditched the car to live in the city and now they're coming back. So um, for all the dealers that are in either, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be a city dealer and market to these folks. Hey, are you heading out? Let's make sure you're set up. Or when you land in a new place, new home registrations, making close with realtors and all the things for these millennials I mean, coming even out. two and a half years ago when I left the stores, mm -hmm. I remember that summer, like that was really the first summer that everybody was really spreading their wings out yeah. of the COVID era. Mm -hmm. And I remember like 30 to 35 year olds in that time coming in saying, I've never owned a car. I, I lived in California. I lived in New York. I lived in Chicago. And now I need a car because I decided to move to Nashville to the suburbs where it was more affordable and I need a car. It's like first ownership in their thirties. Yeah, wild. It, it is wild. It is wild. But without, without a doubt, it, it, presents an opportunity so that's why we pay attention to this stuff there you go right so you can be paying attention to this stuff the more we pay attention to stuff in culture and in people's lives strangely the more we can serve them so we hope you're set up to have an amazing week to serve some people we have a lot more coming this week stay tuned and uh, take care of one another we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>